Hello and welcome to the Euro Trips podcast. We are back for another club special as this week we talk all things Cardiff City. I am here with um, Cardiff fan Henry. So how are you, Henry? Yeah, all good, thank you. Um, yeah, looking forward to uh, talking a bit about well the season, the past, the future, um, yeah. and yeah, hopefully unravel a bit of what's going on at the club. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so I do this to every guest. So I like to ask everyone a few questions about why they support the team they do. So I want to ask you, what made you a Cardiff City fan? Right, so yeah, I was born uh, just outside of Cardiff. And my dad's still there in a small town called uh, Cowbridge. Um, so yeah. I did, um, I mean, as a kid, I did used to like Manchester United, but then again, Cardiff are always like the local team. So I did used to go yeah. to uh, Ninian Park and so on. Um, but I think that's the case for a lot of people in sort of South Wales and Southwest. Everyone sort of has that Premier League club. But Cardiff were like third division, not doing too well. And then um, got to go to a few games. And then I did move to England um, yeah, when I was quite young, but I always used to go back for a few games here and there. Um, and then, like, yeah, fact, my cousins were big fans and stuff. And, um, yeah, that's, I've also had that connection with the area. Um, and then it sort of carried on, really. Yeah, I was when I could go home to watch them, I would. Um, and then more so when I was at university in London recently, I used to try and go to the away games like Fulham and, um, yeah, Charlton, Palace, um, Millwall on a Tuesday night once back in the day. Um, <laughs> Risky. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it was one of those where there were a few idiots on both sides, but it was all uh, yeah. quite tame in the end. Yeah, definitely. Um, and what is your favourite goal you've seen scored in your lifetime from a Cardiff player? Well, I mean, there was a few to choose from, to be honest. So I'll just give you an idea of what I was kind of thinking. Uh, Joe Ledley's strike in the 2008 FA Cup semi-final against Barnsley um, took us to the final that year. Uh, it was an it was, Great volley. I don't know if any of you have seen it. Um, yeah. yeah. Do go on YouTube. I, I actually went to the final. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so my uncle works at Liz and Harrow still, which is, he can see Wembley from his back garden. And yeah. I think it was the gardener at the school he worked at had tickets and he couldn't go. So he offered four tickets to myself, my, my uncle, and my uncle gave it to him, me, my dad, my brother. So, yeah, all four of us went to that final. Which is a shame because obviously I was obviously wasn't I was a neutral, but as a Welshman I did I did want Cardiff to win, so it was a shame that that you got lost. But it was still for you so good that you got there and got to an FA Cup final and then a League Cup final all those years later. So yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, in terms of the Joe Mason strike against Liverpool, yeah, uh, being there in the flesh, yeah, it's pretty special because obviously it was a Liverpool team with uh, Rayner and Carragher and Gerrard and so on. So uh, it's. I know we lost on penalties ultimately, but that goal, like in that moment in the game, it was the place erupted. Otherwise, I was thinking um, probably Craig Bellamy's strike against Swansea uh, when Aaron Ramsey assisted it. So you may recall Ramsey came back on loan after his leg mm-hmm. break. Um, and we went, well, we didn't go up that year. We lost to Blackpool in the playoff final, but mm-hmm. like it's a great goal. Um, Ramsey sort of lays it off and Bellamy strikes it in off the post across the goalkeeper, I think it was De Vries. Um, and that was like probably one of the best goals. I think it was one of the, back when um, the BBC used to show championship football as well, you mm-hmm. know, it was like that yeah. elite time, sort of 2012, 2011 sort of days, 10-11. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think probably in terms of that, I think favourite goal uh, would go, or best goal, Bellamy against Swansea, but it was close. Also, um, 
Whittingham scored a free kick against Leicester in the playoffs 2010, I think. Um, that was a pretty stunning strike and shame, shame what happened to him, I guess. Yeah, that was that was an awful shame. And just rest in peace, Peter Whittingham. That was an awful shame when yeah. that happened. Um, and who was your favourite player of all time in your lifetime supporting the club? I mean, my yeah, lifetime sort of favourite player, I think, yeah, Craig Bellamy's up there, to be honest. Like, yeah. Club legend, Welsh legend, uh, did it for the national team and the uh, and the club level across. Well, in the Premier League as well. I mean, he did have a lot of clubs, but I think everywhere he went, like you could see, um, he had it about him. Particularly when he came back to Cardiff and took us up essentially and scored some good goals in the Premier League. Um, Peter Whittingham as well. We just spoke about him. As you say, R.I.P. Some great memories there. Some great strikes. Um, Set piece specialist um, and like the longevity of him at the club. I think. At least um, it was to what 10, 10, 11, 12 year career there after he joined from Aston Villa. Um, also, personal favourite though, um, Robert Earnshaw. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, great goal scorer. I think he's the only man to score a goal or a hat trick in the Premier League uh, Championship and throughout down to the conference, as it was. Um, and also, Chopra. I used to love Michael Chopra. Um, yeah. But I, I, I suppose if I had to go for like the favourite player, yeah, I think Craig Bellamy for the, for the memories in the class. Fantastic. And this may sort of tie in nicely to the next question, but what would you say has been your favourite memory as a Cardiff fan? I think you touched upon it earlier. I suppose that, that cup run 2008, um, yeah. and especially doing it as a, like a second division club, um, but that sort of like three, four year period uh, where it was really quite special when you like looked at the team as well. There was, um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of talent in that team and good togetherness. Like Boffroyd got capped for England while playing um, in for Cardiff. Ross McCormack, great, great signing, great, great player, um, went on to do good things. So I guess that sort of like period around sort of 2008 to 2011, uh, 2010 playoff final as well. Um, they were great memories. But I do remember sort of the earliest memories of football. Um, yeah, 2002, when they beat Leeds at Ninian Park, having come from a goal down. Um, and that was like this team with, uh, I think, the, the Duke scored on the day. Uh, Alan Smith was there. Um, Rio Ferdinand started. Uh, Nigel Martin in that and all that. So I guess that was a great memory. Um, but I suppose more like relatable. Uh, yeah, I'd say the 2008 uh, cup run or possibly the 2012 League Cup final sort of run as well. Beat some big clubs. Um, the semis against Crystal Palace were great, great times as well and to, to beat them. Now, we've mentioned the positives. Now we have to go to the negatives, which has been this season so far. Um, so looking at your last game, you lost 3-0 to Swansea City in, in the Welsh Derby. Um, stats don't look too good. I mean, Swansea had 74% possession had seven shots to target rather than Cardiff three, had three more corners, whereas Cardiff committed 10 more fouls than than, than Swansea. Um, looking at the stats overall, looking at the league table, I should say, you're currently 20th uh, with 11 points so far, three wins, two draws and seven losses. The season's actually started, I'm looking at the stats now, the season actually started quite well for you. I mean, on your first few games, you, you know, sorry, looking at the last few games, you've Lost last field to Sweden to Swansea to Reading. You lost four 0 to West Brom. Blackburn. You lost five one to them. Whereas early on in the season, you beat Blackpool two 0 away. 
he beat Millwall at home 3-1 and he and see so I think since then it seems to for me well I from the out from the outside point of view it seems to me that Cardiff has seemed to gone on a downwards slope and I think the talk a lot of talk I'm sure you'll be the same as me as a lot of things I've done on Twitter is about Mick McCarthy uh, his job seems to be on the line at the moment um so what were your views Henry on first of all how the season's gone so far but also on the current managerial situation in Cardiff yeah well I think it's what you said um August and sort of September was maybe like a false sense of security because there's some big, big wins in there. Um, a good away win at Blackpool that you touched upon. Um, but I think there was a great moment away at Nottingham Forest um, where Ruben Cole was scored, like the academy uh, prospects sort of come through. He's 18, 19 and um, scored last minute brace. Well, he scored a brace for the last minute winner. And I know Forest are in all sorts of bother as well. But um, you felt as though like if we can win games like that, then maybe we could kick on. And then... From then, yeah, six losses in a row, including, as you say, to Swansea, but also Bristol City. So the seven-side derby. Mm, yeah. We do well against Bristol City. So to lose to them at home in the fashion that we did. Um, but I figure, yeah, as you're right, it's just stem from the manager and poor team selection, perhaps. But people have to remember that uh, McCarthy came in as a short-term solution. Um, so when Neil Harris was relieved of his duties, McCarthy came in just on a sort of, I think it was a six-month rolling contract. Because of the success that he had and the sort of charge towards the playoffs last year, um, it was Vincent Tan rewarded him with a uh, full contract. And then this season was always going to be a transition. But I think, um, yeah, it's been a bit it's been a bit difficult. Perhaps people have been reading online and seen on Twitter like yourself, um, just team selection. It's too deep. It's too slow. I think he played six or seven recognised defenders against Swansea, like back five. Um, also, like playing like Bakuna, like, He's not in good form. Um, he is like defensive-minded. Marlon Pack's defensive-minded, um, and also Kiefer Moore was left isolated up front, um, and he is like sort of the only real goal threat, I guess. Um, so I think he's going to have to integrate better, better style of play. I don't really think he could probably keep his job if there's a heavy defeat tomorrow night. Um, Fulham are in form. I think they just put four past QPR as well, so it's not looking too good. Uh, but we'll see, I guess. But yeah, as I said, I thought the Nottingham Forest game had been a bit of a turning point. Like, oh, we're not going to be picking up these bad results this year. And then since then, six defeats in a row. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned more being left isolated. Um, looking at the goals, the top scorer is, is your centre-back, Aidan Flint. Yeah. And the, obviously, you've got Colwell's got two, Martin, another centre-back's got two, Watkins has two, a right winger. But looking at your strikers... It looks like it's only been more to actually scored a goal from the actual from your actual striker. So that shows for me your maybe you've had some struggles going forward scoring goals, but also um, I think it just shows again maybe Mick McCarthy sort of old school style of football. I think he is probably one of the last of that sort of generation. You think of Neil Warnock, Tony Pulis, Sam Allardyce, all these managers have that same sort of style of play where they do just defend their lives and then they just hit you on the counter attack and just hit you with a one nil. So. Yeah. yeah, that's what I, I can see from, from a non-view of Cardiff games. It just seems to be an awful lot of defensive football. Um, so, Mick McCarthy does appear on borrowed time. So, if he was to go, yeah, who do you feel, looking towards the future, who would you sort of look at as someone that could replace him as your manager? I think it stems back to before McCarthy, because you remember Neil Warnock... Um, and Neil Harris, like it was the same. It was long throws. It was Morrison. It was um, well, 
this season, Flint, as you say, but just centre-half, just bundling into the box. And yeah, I mean, maybe a whole restructure is needed. I mean, a lot of people talk up Bellamy for the role. I think he is like quite high up in the bookies' positions. Um, but Bellamy, I suppose he knows the club. I know he's had his issues off-field, um, negative and positive, uh, surrounding the club. I mean, there was allegations of bullying at the academy uh, when he was with the youth team. But then he said, like, he took some time out. I know he's done a lot of work for um, charities and I think he has an academy in Sierra Leone. So I think he can be a good bloke. I said, I think he could, he gets the club, he gets the fans. Um, and I suppose it's an opportunity for him. Like we saw, we saw managers like Lampard come through at Derby, saw the ex-players, Rooney at Derby, um, Gerard at Rangers and stuff. So maybe they, Bellamy with this role at Cardiff could try and uh, do something. But I suppose other names, like there's not a lot around at the moment, is there? Like he's, No, no. Maybe they could go into League One, try and find the sort of uh, go that way. Um, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know really. I mean, maybe that's what it is as well. But I think McCarthy's going to be expensive to sack. So that's something they've uh, been thinking about. Yeah, and I think in terms of going down the player, I think we all teams need to be wary of this because you see, obviously, Geraldton very well, but a lot of these managers that have come in their first job. Um, so we look at Andrea Pirlo, Thierry Henry, Frank Lampard, all these managers that have come in and got big jobs. A lot of them haven't worked out. So you've got to, and I'll tell you the same thing at Arsenal, and I think you've obviously it, it can work, like Gerald has worked at Rangers, but also you need to make sure that um, they're, they're getting the job based on their managerial skills rather than the name. Uh, but Benjamin's obviously got experience uh, managing sort of the youth team and stuff like that, so maybe that's not as bad of an appointment. I mean, someone I think more teams should look at is the current Wicker manager, Gareth Ainsworth. I think he's someone that. I'm so shocked he's not got a bigger job because I think what he's done at Wickham is a fantastic job. And I think if you can attract him, not that maybe he wouldn't move away from Wickham, but if you can get him away from Wickham, maybe he's someone you could look at because he seems to have done a good job where he has. Um, but maybe but at the same time, you've got to look at the experienced managers you've gone down. Look at Mick McCarthy, who's got such a good reputation from all the years gone past and his hasn't worked out. So it is a fine balance between having someone maybe he's passed it and someone who's too inexperienced. So it's going to be interesting to see who Cardiff do go for. Um, and you mentioned Vincent Tan a few minutes ago, and he's someone I remember years ago when you were in the Premier League, when you, know, you changed your shit home kit to red. He was someone that came into a lot of a lot of criticism. That seems to have gone quiet in recent years. There's not been as much I've heard of much stick about Vincent Tan. So what are your thoughts on Vincent Tan? Is he sort of... Um, what's the word? Is he overcome the stick that he's been given? I think so. Um, I think people, everyone was quick to, it was a mistake. I think he now acknowledges it was a mistake to change the badge and the, the shirt colour. Uh, but he did rectify that wrong within a year or two. Um, people forget the, the financial situation at Cardiff was so bad uh, that we would have been doing the Derby County and so on, slipping into League One. Um, so he did take the club uh, back into the sort of blue light in terms of the debts are all gone now. Um, he expanded the stadium, uh, so and it's made it also for the Welsh national team. Now it's kind of like their home, and it's sort yeah, of yeah. thirty-three thousand in there now. Like it's it's a good it's a good little ground. It's obviously, I mean, times evolved. Minion Park was like different, but then I suppose every club in the country sort of done it. Uh, you countless grounds have all just sort of evolved into this sort of generic ground. But I think he was. Yeah, he's been positive. He's signed the players. He's had the two Premier League experiences and. I think overall, like yeah, I mean, there are, there are, there were moments, but he has been a good chairman, and I think he does actively listen to the fans, as does um, Ken Chu, the sort of like 
mm. sporting like director, the one who's like in and amongst the board, and he does it. He does um, open dialogue with like key stakeholders and fans. So I think it is like a welcome change than how it was. Yeah, I think that's refreshing to see because we've just done a part one of our podcast with West Ham fan Frank, who we, that will be out after this podcast, um, and he was talking about sort of Brady goals, sort of and how. They sort of took the soul away by moving away from Upton Park. They don't seem to listen to the fans. And obviously Mike Ashley is another classic example. So it is good to see owners, like the Leicester owners as well, when owners do actually care about the club, they do actually try to make a difference. And it seems that he has really restored his reputation within the fan base. Um, so before we move on to your um, your, your all-time team of team players you've seen in your lifetime, um, how do you see the rest of your season going? Can, do you think you'll stay? Do you think it'd be fine staying up? Um, and can I you think, even make a surprise run to the playoffs? I think well, you never know. But like the playoff charge, I think your last year that we won seven in a row and stuff. But it is—it's one of those leagues, the championship, isn't it? You do get, mm-hmm. you get that sort of three, four, five wins in a row. All of a sudden, you're you move, you do jump sort of ten to twelve places. But I say, I don't think we're good enough to go up um, at all. So I guess staying in the division at the moment will be priority. Um, Maybe shoring up, maybe trying to find some goal for it as well, because January maybe look to sign someone to go upside a lot more. Um, yeah, I suppose years gone by, it's just pretty uninspiring. As I said, I think it is transition period, but I suppose staying in the league has to be a priority. I think we're lucky that Derby County got their uh, points deduction because otherwise we would be maybe in the bottom three right now. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't have high hopes for it. But I suppose just consolidation, going down to the third tier is not an option. Um, try and bring through some of the kids again this year, like saying um, Colwell, uh, Joel Bagan, Mark Harris coming through. Um, so maybe give them some minutes, get them some games, and then uh, yeah, just try and make it to the summer, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you're only nine points off Huddersfield are in six, so I think yeah, if you can get new ma- if you get a new manager in and it sort of gives the team a buzz, then potentially you could you could yeah. do it. Um, so like we did with our previous podcast, I, we want to get from every fan, they're starting at 11 of players they've seen during their lifetime supporting the club, past or present. Uh, this can be any formation the, the guest chooses. So to Henry, what formation have you gone for and who's your goalkeeper? OK, so, well, I, I suppose it's kind of like a, a 4-3-3, possibly 4-2-4. Uh, but I'd say David Marshall in that. Um, Scottish goalkeeper. I know he got a bit exposed at the European Championships with that Czech Republic game, mm-hmm. Patrick. Uh, but he was a great servant to the club, um, like massive part of just how successful we were. I suppose there were like a couple of years, like Tom Heaton had a good, good little spell at the club. Um, Neil Alexander, when I was a bit younger, good goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd go with Marshall there um, just for like the experience and like previous captain and so on. Uh, back four. Um, Kevin McNaughton, so mm-hmm. he was like an integral part of the uh, FA Cup run 2008 and like stayed with the club for a long time. He got a testimonial and so on. He started his career at Aberdeen and then came down south. A lot of Scottish players do come down south to particularly Cardiff and Swansea, but um, McNaughton, fan favourite, like a lot of songs about him. I can't really sing a couple on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'd, say, um, I'd say Gabadon and James Collins, Senate Halves. So, Obviously, they both both started their careers at Cardiff and then they went in a joint move to West Ham in the Premier League and they both went on to play for West Ham for many years. I think Collins went on to Villa after. Um, 
but yeah, both obviously international class centre halves, both um, many caps for Wales. Pretty pretty solid performers. I mean, Mark Hudson was a great uh, centre half and captain. Mm-hmm. Um, and recent times, Bamba, I think uh, mm-hmm. he was unlucky to miss out. Like left back, maybe a bit unknown. Um, Andy Leg. So he did start his career at Swansea, uh, but he did join Cardiff. Uh, mm. Sort of early. This is early memories. It's like I think like 2001, 2002, 2003 sort of period. But interesting fact about Andy Leg, he did have the longest throw in uh, world football. I think wow. like, <laughs> the records gave him the the long throw record. It was over over 40 something meters. I don't you might have to check that, but I'm pretty sure uh, that was the case. But I think it took him a long time to. Um, sort of adhere himself to the fans because of his Swansea and Neath connections and stuff. So he did eventually make it and then he left. He left shortly after the Q- QPR playoff final 2003 uh, over like, a wage dispute. But yeah, good player and servant to the club. I mean, he's like, quite active on Twitter with um, how the club should be run these days. I think he had a lot to say about Sunday's fallout. Um, midfield. Yeah, sorry to um, interrupt you there. Just going on James Collins. It's funny you mention him because actually this is a little spoiler, but Frank also mentioned James Collins in his West Ham team. And I was saying how um, he, I've actually met well, both Gabalon as well, but James Collins in a nightclub in Cardiff. And yeah. I was saying that I've never met a f- more firm handshake than James Collins. It was, <laughs> it was horrendously uh, tough. I mean, my hands were in agony the rest of the, the rest of that evening. <laughs> a great, great player. But I was, his, I think his nickname uh, Ginge, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was. I remember for Wales, he was just someone that uh, put the body on the line. It was just really would just. Um, yeah, they, they wouldn't they would they wouldn't leave the pitch without having giving everything. So um I always like James Collins. Um but yeah, do carry on with the team. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, no, no. no it's good. Um good player, as you say. Um so this is what I was gonna say, like in terms of a midfield three, I'd say definitely a deeper defensive player, um, Joe Ledley. Um mm-hmm. great servant club in country, did well at Celtic, did well at Crystal Palace, like mm-hmm. played well at the Euros, uh, twenty sixteen. Um yeah. And as I said, important goals over the years, especially the FA Cup run. I'd say Peter Whittingham and Aaron Ramsey. So Whittingham, obviously, yeah, fantastic career, club legends, many goals, many assists. And I know Ramsey, well, Ramsey came from the academy sort of in um, Caffili Boy, went through the Traforest Academy and so on. Um, so, like, yeah, definitely went on to great things at Arsenal and with Wales, obviously still doing it for Wales. Um, yeah, I, I suppose he did come back for that little thing, like five-month loan spell after the leg break. But yeah, I think always, always good to see him. I suppose the Juve, now he's at Juve, that just shows the pedigree he's got. Maybe he could have gone different, he could have got more minutes, but like the fact that he's played for Juventus and Cardiff City, pretty cool. I think John Charles did it back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I'd say a front three, um, it was, well, Craig Bellamy, as we touched upon. Um, and then I'd say Michael Chopra down the middle. Yeah. And then I, may, I know it's a bit, bit out of position, but perhaps Earnshaw sort of like, sort of attacking forward, maybe a bit wider. Uh, but yeah. obviously sort of a 4-3-3, or I was going to go 4-2-4 and maybe put um, put Ramsey or Whitting a more advanced. But I say... Um, Chopra's got to be in there just for the for the memories, for the goals. And I suppose he did get a move to uh, Premier League off the back of his performances for Cardiff, as did Robert Earnshaw. And Earnshaw obviously did it did it internationally as well. Um, I suppose in terms of players unlucky to miss out, um, I know he was only at the club for a season, uh, but Victor Camarasa, mm-hmm. he was a fantastic midfielder uh, in that. And I think he's going to go on to big things in La Liga and the Spanish selection. Um, 
scored a wonderful goal against Leicester away to win us the game um, in the Premier League 2018-19. Um, uh, yeah, I touched upon sort of Bamba and um, I did like Callum Patterson. I know he's gone down to Sheffield Wednesday in the third division, but I thought whenever he played for the club, and it was kind of like a John O'Shea kind of player, he played every position pretty much, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> how, so uh, he always left yeah. everything on the pitch. I think that was appreciated by the fans. And there was an Irish winger um, midfielder called Graham Kavanagh, signed from yeah, yeah. Stoke City uh, in 2000, 2001. Um, but he was like club captain and a legend for many years. Um, and then I was just thinking, yeah, sort of other big names that could have gone in there, but I didn't really rate, uh, like Gary Medell. Like, yeah, he's had a oh, yeah. big career, like gone to Inter and stuff, um, but didn't really do it in that season with Malcolm no. But yeah, other than that, mate, I think... Just quickly go over it. Marshall, McNaughton, Gabadon, Collins, Leg, Ledley, Ramsey, Whittingham, Bellamy, Earnshaw and Chopra. That's not a bad team. That's not a bad team. In that, if that team played in the Premier League, I think they could have, you know, they, they, maybe they wouldn't get you. I think they'd get top 10, maybe top 12 if, if all those players were playing in their prime. Bellamy, Ramsey, Chopra, Earnshaw. It's not, it's not, a, bad, not a bad attack. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's got a potential. Um, but, yeah, then again, there were a lot of injuries in that in that sort of team. Like, yeah, Ramsey and Gavadon used to have mm. injuries. Chopra, Chopra, I mean, Chopra had his off-field off issues, I think, the uh, the gambling and the alcohol and drug misuse. But overall, still pretty solid, yeah. Great. So that does conclude our podcast. So thank you, Henry, for coming on, first of all. Um, but before we go, we will give you a chance just to plug your social media. Well, at the moment... Um, well, my, my Twitter is not very active, but I can't, I might get back into it. But it is HT uh, Smout, S-M-O-U-T. Uh, well, yeah, that's the, the app. Um, and then, yeah, Instagram is more of a private affair. But, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, can, I can come back to it and add a few things on the social media going forward. Sure. Fantastic. But yeah, that does conclude our podcast with Henry. So um, thank you for coming on and we'll see you in a bit. Yeah, thank you for having me. Cheers. No problem at all. Take care. Uh-huh.